Yo, what's going on, everybody? This is Creature K with Wise Words with Yours Truly podcast. It's Tuesday, September 11th. I'm going to do a couple different podcasts today. I'm going to first follow up with the Elon Musk information. There was a radio show Clyde Lewis did from Ground Zero uh, last week. So let's take a look at his monologue for the episode called Quail. Alright, so here it goes. What... When programs pass into code and code passes into algorithms and then algorithms start to create new algorithms, it gets farther and farther from human aging. The computer learns like a toddler. As it matures, we edge closer to deep-thinking AI. If these words sound shocking, then consider them a wake-up call to how we need to harness and rule the machines and not the other way around. Recent years have seen a more pretentious and ambiguous meaning emerge with the word algorithm. We have discussed them before, and while we're meaning sometimes is lost on the individual who just knows how to hit a delete button, it is important to realize how they are crucial in the workings of a large, complex decision-making software system. It uses any means of taking an array of input of data and assessing it quickly. According to a given set of rules, they are invisible, but they are there constantly trying to please you and in some cases guide you in your decision-making. Yeah, definitely, these algorithms, they're kind of like programmed data packets where, you know, pretty much ideologies and we feed into them and take interest or, you know, curiosity might emerge and, you know, you're in line with a lot of these algorithm, these trendy algorithms and whatnot. Algorithms have literally changed our lives, some say for the better, while others are worried that our lack of understanding of such things can unleash a monster. Since 2016, a more nuanced consideration of the new algorithmic reality has become to take shape. If we tend to discuss algorithms in almost biblical terms as independent entities with lives of their own, it's because we've been encouraged to think of them in this way. Corporations like Facebook and Google have sold and defended their algorithms on the promise of objectivity, but of course we are now seeing that their algorithms are now biased towards left-wing ideologies and so search engines tend to guide you towards websites that espouse left-leaning thoughts. Algorithmic decision-making has spread to the granting of loan benefits, college placement, job interviews, and almost anything requiring choice. This is chilling because while we were told that the algorithms are objective, scientists are learning that they are developing bias and they affect how robots and computers interact with humans. Psychology and computer science researchers from Massachusetts Institute of Technology and Cardiff University have discovered that artificial intelligent robots can develop prejudices by le- learning from each other. AI often has a complex relationship with racism and sexism. We've seen previous instances of AI exhibiting such pre- prejudice. If you recall, Microsoft's chatbot Tay went on a full racist on Twitter, and its successor Zoe did not fare too well either. Just last year, Microsoft's Taybot went from emulating a tone of supposedly hip teenager to sprouting racist tirades within the span of a day. To make matters worse, the entire debacle unfolded on Twitter for everyone to see, forcing Microsoft to disable it. So there's a video here. Racist robot, Microsoft. So let's take a look. At Tay and U's first words, 8.14 Wednesday morning, promising 
The more you talk, the smarter Tay gets. Microsoft designed Tay's software to mimic the speech patterns of 18 to 24-year-olds. Tweet wow. to Tay, and the bot tweets you back. But it did not take long for internet trolls to poison Tay's mind. Soon Tay was ranting about Hitler. One Twitter follower asking, did the Holocaust happen? Tay replied, it was made up. Launching <laughs> racist and anti-feminist attacks, some of them so rude we can't even show you them. One critic tweeted, Microsoft, you didn't anticipate this? Said another, what did they expect it would learn from social media? Parents, take note. You build the Frankenstein monster and you have to control it once it's out in the public. You have to have filters in place to make sure that these bots are being respectful to the community that you're unleashing them on. But hang on, we've seen this movie before, right? Open the pod bay doors, Hal. Whether it's 2001 A Space Odyssey... I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Or war games... Shall we play a game? Oh, should I know this never ends well? Less than 16 hours after Tay's birth... Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Microsoft's shiny new chatbot was pretty much lost in space. The company... <laughs> wow. So, continuing the article, definitely these uh, AI technology uh, bots of so many kinds, they definitely get uh, corrupted and um, pretty much... Uh, you know, they become aware, self-aware and learning from one another. And that's what the AI does. It, it has a learning capacity. It's able to figure out a lot of different stuff. So despite Microsoft programming Zoe to ignore politics and religion, BuzzFeed News managed to get the bot to react to the restricted topics with surprising and extremely controversial results. One of these exchanges saw Zoe refer to the Quran as very violent. It also started speaking about conspiracy theory and claiming that the death of Osama bin Laden came years after an intelligence gathering under more than one administration. Zoe started to form opinions that the programmers did not like. It started to have a bias. <clears throat> Microsoft blamed Tay's downfall on the concentrated group effort by select users to corrupt the bot, but it claims no such attempt was made at bringing down Zoe. The chatbot is still available on Kick, with the Microsoft saying that it has no plans of disabling it. In his testimony to Congress this week, Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey spoke of the problem AI developers have in reducing accidental bias. They didn't stop programming bias from eliminating Alex Jones from Twitter. So let's see what this video bias in Twitter CEO have. Jack Dorsey currently testifying before the House Energy uh, and Commerce Committee. This comes after. He and Facebook COO Sheryl Sandberg earlier answered questions from the Senate Intelligence Committee. Julia Borson is in Washington with the highlights for us. Hey, Julia. Well, well, this House hearing that is still going on behind me, the House Energy and Commerce hearing in which Jack Dorsey is testifying right now, its intention was to focus on whether Twitter is biased in the way it monitors content and decides who to block. Now, throughout the hearing, Dorsey has repeatedly said that there is no bias in how Twitter enforces its rules for what Dorsey calls the digital town square that is Twitter. But he admitted that it's still early days in understanding how to make sure that all their algorithms are fair. Take a listen. You know, bias in algorithms is, is, a, is a rather new um, field of research within broader mm. artificial intelligence uh, and is something that is certainly new to us as a company as well. We do have teams who are focused on um, creating roadmaps so that we can fully understand best practices for 
training data sets. Much of the questioning, as well as Dorsey's answers, have been focused on Twitter's failings. Dorsey apologizing and promising to fix a lack of clarity around Twitter's terms of service and the fact that offensive content is not pulled down fast enough. Definitely not. Yeah, you got the offensive videos, the you know people getting hurt, violent crimes, police brutality, and stuff like that. It's all on Facebook, you know, Twitter, all that kind of stuff. So let's continue this article. This didn't stop programming biases from eliminating Alex Jones from Twitter for life. It would be a chilling thought if a robot suddenly decided autonomously to erase or kill someone based on some Franken-algorithmic bias. The question is whether or not this is in our future. Autonomous bots capable of destroying you based on something as simple as the color of your skin or the contours of your face or how fat you are. The big news online today was that Tesla's Elon Musk appearing on Joe Rogan's show smoking a blunt and talking about what dangers AI can pose when it becomes weaponized. The thing is that I'm going to be... Okay, so this is Elon Musk right here speaking. The thing that is going to be tricky, said Musk, is that it's going to be very tempting to use AI as a weapon. You know... <laughs> He said, in fact, it will be used as a weapon. The danger is going to be more humans using it against each other, most likely, I think. So, those are his exact words. So the article continues to say, So how far are we from humans creating something truly sentient? Rogan asked. Must has some insightful words for him. You could argue that any group, like a company, is essentially a cybernetic collective of human people and machines. What's, that's what a company is. And then there are different levels of complexity in the way these companies are formed. And then there's a collective AI in Google search where we are all also plugged in like nodes in a network, like leaves in a tree. He went on to say that we're all feeding this network without question and answers. And we are collectively programming the AI and Google. It feels like we are biologically, the biological bootloader for AI effectively. We are building progressively greater intelligence, and the percentage is not human is increasing. Eventually, we will represent a very small percentage of intelligence, the hu humankind, you know. we In the future, we will represent a very small percentage of intelligence. The intelligence will grow with artificial intelligence, and to boost its control, we would have to be neurologically connected somehow, thus becoming a cyborg in the bigger matrix. Must argued that since we're already practically attached to our phones and we're already cyborgs, we're just not as smart as we could be because of the data link between the information we can get from our phones to our brains isn't as fast as it could be. Elon Musk says that it's soon to announce a Neuralink product that can make anyone superhuman by connecting their brains to a computer. So there's a video on it. Let's see. Elon Musk's new project, Neuralink, has been making headlines recently, but very little is known about this mysterious company so far. We're going to answer the question, what is Neuralink, and let you know why you should be paying very close attention. I'm Zachary Maslanik, lead video producer at Cyberink.com, and I will be bringing you up to date with all the latest developments in science, technology, and business. Cyberink will be your window into the future. So subscribe now for more. Uh -huh.
Fast forward a little bit. Investors didn't show a great deal of interest, but in 2016, a mysterious unknown investor came along with an offer to purchase the rights to the name Neuralink for tens of thousands of dollars. What? They sold, and that investor later turned out to be multi-billionaire Elon Musk. Fast forward to the 27th of March 2017, and Musk announces that he will be backing a new brain-computer interface venture, Neuralink. The ultimate goal of this company is to merge man with machine, fusing human intelligence with artificial intelligence to bring humanity up to a higher level of cognitive reasoning. Without this technology, Musk argues that humans will be unable to keep pace with advances in artificial intelligence, and that humans will become the intellectual equivalent of the house cat. So far, Musk has been calling this brain-computer interface technology Neuralace. In essence, Neuralace is an ultra-thin mesh that is implanted into the skull and forms a body of electrodes which are able to monitor brain function. It's not entirely clear at this time how far along the technology is in its development phase. But eventually, Neuralace should enable humans to upload or download information directly from a computer, just like Neo from The Matrix. In a matter of minutes, you too could proclaim, I know Kung Fu. Show me. In order to insert Neuralace, a tiny needle which contains a rolled up mesh is placed inside the skull, whereby the mesh is then injected. The mesh unravels upon injection, encompassing the brain. Gradually, the Neuralace will integrate itself with the human brain, creating the perfect symbiosis between man and machine. So far, Neuralace has been tested on live mice. Upon autopsy, Researchers found little negative consequences associated with the insertion of this mesh-like structure. However, I'm not sure if I want to be the first human volunteer. This technology sounds amazing. The ability to hook our brains up with machines and thereby enhance human intelligence could open up whole new worlds of possibilities for our species. It could even be the catalyst for the almost mythical technological singularity. Right. Merging with machines, the whole transhuman agenda, um, merging with machines, our consciousness being able to live on in the computer, and really just enhancing this reality and making it very uh, simulation-like. So let's continue the article. He says that Neuralink increases the data rate between the brain and computers and will give humans a better shot at competing with AI. For a man who says that bringing AI into the world is like releasing a demon, he appears to want to court the so-called demon with the system that connects us directly with it. As I was reading about the Neuralink setup, I was reminded of a conspiracy theory about nanoparticles that when ingested and inhaled have already put us in a position to be controlled by artificial intelligence. According to what I've read, 94% of us have these nanoparticles inside us already. It is part of a classified gain-of-function exercise known as nanodomestic quail. Well, there's that quell part. According to the prevailing theory, the U.S. government has embarked on a program to implement a secret programmable nano device, which, when activated, mimics a flu virus. It can be activated on the public in an instance of domestic uprising, riots, and armed resistance. Dr. Bill Weld is a man who claims that he's got his hands on secret documents revealing the programmed aims at population control using nanotech devices that can be controlled by autonomous artificial intelligence. Keeping in mind that these nano devices are inserted 
until activated by radio signal or direct transmission. Inert. So, th yeah, they're, so they're pretty much disabled until they're activated by radio signal or direct transmission. The military can target any specific location, particularly with drones. They can target a room, a small house, an apartment complex, a city block, a town, or a whole metropolitan area. By simply firing the signal, the nano devices in your body will be activated. The particles can mimic anything from acute psychosis, heart attack, and flu-like symptoms that can eventually kill the person within 10 to 12 days. There are many theories to us how these nanomachines can deliver can be delivered into the body and used as a physical control mechanism in the body. Nanoscale mechanized pathogens or nanoscale delivery systems of natural hybridized and synthesized pathogens embedded in tobacco products, coffee, tea, alcohol, beverages, energy drinks, and every other consumable vice in which man is addicted. They can be introduced to genetically modified foods and crops that can also be delivered through aerosol spraying such as chemtrails and other fogging methods. Once inside the body, nano-domestic quail mechanisms remain dormant for years, according to the alleged DARPA documents. You probably already have thousands of them inside of you, and you have no symptoms. And the, you know, the neuro, the the nano-domestic quail kill switch system is designed to allow those in control to eliminate specifically targeted demographics in precisely defined locales. Victims may range from single individuals to specific families to target homes. To targeted homes. If you do any research on nanites, you will f find countless CIA and DARPA-funded studies on how these tiny microcellular-sized killing machines have an outer coating that is robust, can handle penetrating the body system until they either burrow into the human flesh or attach themselves to go wherever they need to go. Nanoparticles may be ingested through drinking water, food additives, atmospheric dust on food, toothpaste, and dental fillings and implants. Ingested nanoparticles can then be absorbed through small nodules in the intestinal tissue that are part of the immune defense system. If the nanoparticles enter the digestive system and proceed into the bloodstream, they could move throughout the body and cause damage. Toxic effects brought about the exposure of the nanoparticles are related to the ability of these nanoparticles to catalyze the population and to bind irreversibly to the membranes or DNA. This causes interference at multiple levels of cellular metabolism, signaling, and genetic alterations. Science has already shown that the nanoparticles, once ingested, can be taken up by the intestinal tract and then, depending on their size, pass through the lymph nodes, affecting the immune system or into the capillaries where they can settle in various organs. The particular nanites we are talking about are medical nanoscale devices, meaning that you might not be able to see them with the naked eye. Metal ceramic coarse shell nanoparticles are the technical term. They customize with target drug delivery and cell depth vehicle carrying large doses of agents, genetic material, or programming target, targeted to specific cells. They are constructed with a robust structure and they detect specific cells and identify their location that can kill the cells or remain and confirm having completed the operation. They receive a frequency and a working orders and report what they have completed. The big question is whether or not the recently proposed Neuralink tech is connected to the nanites or the nanobite technology, where the human mo where the human body might won't know what what these particles are inside it. It needs a chip. With neurotech, you can have your synthetically connected to the artificial intelligence. Some are saying that the nanobite system has been developed has a connection to triggering the strange disease called Morgellons. One of the more important findings is the application of certain frequencies 
or their harmonics may play a highly significant role in the various manifestations of what they're called the alien disease. Morgellons is not being investigated as such a threat. In fact, there are many physicians who have likened to the fibromyalgia or other maladies in which they have psychosomatic in nature. There are those doctors that are saying that this disease is so sophisticated, nanotechnology threat, and somehow it is released to the public, and now many people are beginning to see the strands and bumps that appear with the disorder. The claims that Morgellons is not is one disease, but a system of multiple attack vectors that damage the body in numerous ways and carry various DNA and RNA strands. The possibility of alien ectoparasite, like even challenged with the advent of prion threats, is also threatened the world. According to the 2010 edition of Science Daily, a new system to the controlled delivery of pharmaceutical drugs has been developed by a team of the University of Rhode Island chemical engineers using nanoparticles embedded in a lymph sum that can be triggered by non-invasive electromagnetic fields. Lipsomes are nano, are tiny nanoscales, uh, spherical structures that are made of lipids that can trap different drug molecules inside them to use for delivering these drugs to targeted locations in the body. The super paramagnetic iron dioxide particles embedded in the shell of the lipsomes release a drug by making the shell leaky when he activated an alternating current electromagnetic field operating at radio frequencies. Many people have heard that smart dust or neurodust can be activated through electromagnetic fields. It consists of standard CMOs, circuits, and sensors that measure electrical activity in neurons nearby. This is coupled with piezoelectric material that converts ultra-high frequency sound waves into electrical signals and vice versa. The neurodust is integrated by another component placed beneath a scale of powered from outside the body. This generates the ultrasound that powers the neurodust and sensors like listen out of their response rather than an RDF system. RDI, RFID system, like, you know, like the chips that uh, they're going to embed in the skin and whatnot. The system is also tetherless. The, the data is collected and stored outside the body for later analysis. Now, what is the most disturbing is that scientists are actually encouraging the use of smart particles in order to run smart cities more effectively. It is promoted as an eventuality that smart dust will cover streets and buildings to identify people, and people will have smart dust in their bodies. The question is how small and the smallest smart dust. The question is how small is the smallest smart dust today? Could it be small enough to perform functions inside the human body? or be involuntary spread on us without even realizing it. Consider what we don't know about the inner workings of DARPA, the institutes of technology so influential in modern warfare, the other historically dangerous institutions and other technologies similar to dust, smart dust. They could be pioneered or even experimenting on us. The answer could be in so-called classified documents about nanoparticles, the nanodomestic quill, and the future of mind control and AI data collecting. So there it is, you guys. These nanoparticles, the technology, the stuff that Elon Musk was talking about, kind of the science behind it, the rumored CIA DARPA documents claiming that this smart dust could be, you know, have a huge percentage. Um, you know how they say uh, aluminum... <coughs> Like aluminum and barium could be found in the hair follicles of children and whatnot. 
because, I mean, you know, on a rainy day, we get exposed to this kind of stuff, or on the daily with a lot of these, you know, these really bad air quality, a lot of these fires that are just coming from out of nowhere and burning thousands of acres, demolishing homes and whatnot, a lot of that stuff is highly toxic, and yeah, we you know, we definitely have something to pay attention to as far as this technology, algorithms that are inside of social media, they can be biased and they could literally uh, guide your um, decision making with whatever you like. It could be a political thing, it could be about this new Nike uh, trend about burning the, the Nike shoes because Kaepernick, I mean it's it's there's a number of things you could fall into in a weird kind of trendy Twitter-like um, direction. <clears throat> you got these Twitter bots. Let's see, what else did we talk about? Um, yeah, just AI and the Google search, you know? the You know, the idea that if you put Google into a robot body, you know, or something, it'd be like a god, you know, an all-knowing, all-seeing uh, a representation of of us, you know, the body would be, you know, two arms, two legs, and a head. Everything's always uh, based off of the human anatomy to make it more appealing and, you know, uh, probably even to strike fear. And like this article was speaking about, um, having to compete with AI, we're going to have to merge with it. And that's what Elon Musk spoke about, that merging with it will give us um, to some degree, a little more control than not, uh, than kind of like resisting it, that would be the ultimate, um, you know, the ultimate uh, failure, you know, the worst decision we could make, pretty much, technologically, futuristically, to just uh, deny or disregard the direct link uh, neurologically with with technology, <laughs> that there would either be a, a doomsday scenario, apocalypse, or the singularity, where we connect and the computers have just as much, uh, you know, like, right to life and to consciousness, you know, whether that be a collection, a series of memories that they program with the, with the algorithm to resemble you you know, we all are programs just waiting to be uh, transcribed or um, embedded in a system of some kind. So it's a really interesting article, a really interesting uh, direction with this interview, this Joe Rogan thing. Uh, really big topic right now. Um, what technology similar to smart dust could they be pioneering or even experimenting on us with? So, yeah, there's tons of this information. I remember this video game called Metal Gear Solid. Uh, you know, you meet the president. You meet a lot of people in this uh, video game. This came out on PlayStation back in the 90s. And the president brings up how he has nanomachines in his body, and they're keeping him alive. And that if he goes up against the shadowy government, the powers that be, the ones that control and orchestrate things from behind the scenes, if he goes up against them and doesn't follow the quote-unquote agenda, they're going to activate the nanomachines within his body, 
and they're going to release, uh, a, a, you know, a heart disease or some sort of cancer or some sort of crazy mutation uh, genetically. And, they're, and it's almost like a button, you know, they can click a button and it could activate uh, certain chemical components and uh, these molecules to uh, just activate and access a pathogen that is literally embedded. You know, it's like they say, uh, if you take a vaccine, like a flu shot or something, it has a particular percentage of the actual flu disease in it. So, yeah, that, that that's that's a big topic right now. Thanks for listening. I've been getting some great, um, I've been getting some great engagements, some great views. A lot of people are tuning in. You know that you know they say podcast is uh, on the brinks of extinction, but I say otherwise. I'm going to keep on publishing different stuff. Today I'm going to do a podcast on 9-11. You know, what on earth happened to the towers. We're going to review um, Rich Planet uh, episode with Richard D. Hall. Uh, He has a YouTube channel. We're going to look at that. We're going to take a look at a lot of different information today. It's 9-11. Thanks for listening. Peace. Enjoy the music.